the music of Los Dugans, uh, Tigris River Blues, and before that, Which Side Are You On? This is Robert Larson, Out the Rabbit Hole, KUCI in Irvine. We're having a discussion today with Dr. Catherine Wilkerson, and we're discussing what happened to her in... Uh, uh, the University of Michigan, November 30th, 2006. She was uh, involved in a protest demonstration against uh, Dr. Uh, Raymond Tanter, who is uh, promoting uh, war and more war and uh, nuclear attacks against other countries. And uh, and during the course of this uh, event, or these events that day, uh, uh, a few people were arrested and roughed up by the police in, uh, when Dr. Uh, Wilkerson came to their assistance uh, also when a paramedic was abusing one of these people that had been arrested. Uh, She was then roughed up, and later when she filed a complaint, uh, weeks later, she had charges brought against her uh, suspiciously a week after. So uh, that is her case, and you can find out more about it and and come to her aid because she has a a, a legal... uh, case uh, pending now, these charges against her, you can find out more at defendwilkerson.org, and she appreciates all the support uh, you can give. And uh, Dr. Wilkerson, uh, welcome back to the show here. Thank you. And uh, in the interest of full disclosure, uh, we should mention your uh, connection to the music we were just playing. Yes, I am the mother of Dylan Wilkerson, who is a member of Los Dugans. Yes, and they are one of our favorite bands here on uh, Out the Rabbit Hole. We had them live in studio a couple, uh, I don't know, about six weeks ago. And uh, so I always like playing their music, and uh, you must be really proud of him. Uh, I am. I'm so proud of him. And every time he sings, which side are you on, and we all chime in, it's so invigorating. So I I really uh, am so grateful to you for giving him some exposure too and and the other guys in the band as well. Yeah, they they're great guys and and I agree with you. I mean all of their their music is good, but I mean when when Dylan does that which side are you on and when you see him perform that live and uh there is a certain undeniable passion there and that that he is really feeling this. And I I can a guess that this must have something to do with his uh, upbringing and that, that you, you must have been a family that, that for many years ha- has been involved in issues of social justice and in and, and, uh, making sure that, that, that people are, are, are not abused by the government. Well, it all started when I met my husband, Bill, who uh, was a helicopter pilot in Vietnam, and he recognized that that war was an immoral war, and we became active in the anti-war movement in 1967. And we've been political ever since. In fact, Dylan has been a victim of police brutality as well. When he was 15 or 16, he went to a, a protest against the Ku Klux Klan when they came to Ann Arbor, and the police were taking down one of his friends, and when he ran towards them to see what was happening, one of the cops reached his arm out with a canister of pepper spray and sprayed it right in Dylan's face, and it was an awful experience for him. He was just a kid, and um, it, I think, is, is just one of those things that you never forget, and he's been... 
uh, involved. He's involved in, in regular demonstrations, uh, anti-war work, um, anti-imperialist work, along with his brother Travis and our daughter Caitlin. So we, when we get together, we have quite interesting <laughs> family uh, family uh, get-togethers. Well, yeah, I can imagine some great discussions, and, and he's just a, he's a really. Uh, uh, bright, uh, well-informed uh, young man, and, and uh, I, yeah, I just get this impression that this—he grew up in an environment where where he was taught about uh, struggles for you know workers' rights and, and social justice, and uh, and it's just it's there. And, and again, when he performs that song, that it's uh, it, the audience just cannot help but sing along and be brought into the 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 uh, the intense uh, feeling there. Well, I'm glad you feel that way. I do. Yeah, yeah. So, so great. Los Dugans are actually playing tomorrow night. Those of you who are listening here in the Orange County area, uh, uh, Saros, C-E-R-O-S, uh, in Anaheim. I'm not sure the address on that, but you could look that up. Los Dugans will be there tomorrow night. So, yeah, let, let's get back to, you know, your case uh, there in uh, Michigan, uh, Dr. Wilkerson. And you, so you were protesting against this, this, uh, Raymond uh, Tanter, who's promoting these insane ideas about using nuclear weapons against Iran. And uh, you've had these charges brought against you when you were just coming to the aid of a person who was in danger of losing his life. Uh, The National Lawyers Guild, you mentioned, came to your defense. Could you tell us a little bit about that organization and how they've been helping you? Well, you probably know that they have been around since, I believe about 1920 and providing uh, legal assistance to people who are victims of governmental abuse of their civil rights. And the way that I um, contacted them was through one of my comrades uh, who does political work and who knew this particular attorney. Uh, And so... He had, this is Buck Davis, the one I was mentioning before, out of Detroit. Uh, he, he will be arguing for the motions for dismissal on July 24th here in Ann Arbor. And uh, Denny Hayes, who is the local lawyer who is doing most of the criminal defense work, will be there as well. The National Lawyers Guild has a, a long uh, history of defending the the uh, little guy against the state who's been who's being persecuted by the state and uh, do they do wonderful work and don't get much for it <laughs> so. let me ask you if the difference between say the national lawyers guild and the aclu is the national lawyers guild uh, it's maybe not as many like really high profile cases as the aclu is that or do you know what the difference is between those two organizations because they seem to do similar types of things I am not an expert on the difference in the two organizations, but my impression is that the ACLU tends to take cases that are almost entirely related to free speech issues. And although this is a free speech issue that we are involved in, it's more complex than that. And the people who, I was not actually one of the people who was heckling or doing anything like that at the demo, and I wasn't hauled out or arrested for any of those things. 
if those people had decided that they wanted to pursue a battle on that, then it might have been something that they would have worked with the ACLU on. Uh, But I think I would have to defer to my attorneys in terms of what the differences are more clearly. I apologize. I can't answer that very clearly. No, that's fine. I I was just my own sort of curiosity there, and I know they they both work on these kind of things. It's also like the Center for Constitutional Rights, and I'm glad we have all of these organizations that are uh, standing up for individuals against uh, uh, government abuse or corporate abuse and... um, standing up for workers and free speech and that kind of thing. So let me ask you, what has been the reaction uh, uh, by your uh, your colleagues, people you work with? Are they familiar with what's going on, and how have they reacted, if so? Well, the, the people who work in the clinic where I work, which is a community clinic that serves disadvantaged members of the community largely, um, have not really, well, some of the people there have come to me and expressed uh, their support for me and their solidarity, but nothing official. And I've tried to keep it, of course, separate to the extent that I can and not to have it become part of that workplace. But as far as in the broader sense, um, I have several physicians in the community who are very supportive and uh, have spoken out for me or who have donated money or passed my story around and things like that. I think that most physicians, however, are very unwilling to get involved in anything political. And I would hope that there would be a groundswell of support from people who would recognize that, of course, it's an obligation for a doctor to come to the aid of a person who is being injured and even if that maltreatment is at the um, hands of legal authorities or other medical authorities that it doesn't in any way wipe out an ethical obligation because our ethical obligations are the most important things that guide our everyday functioning as physicians. So I'm hoping that there will be more and more support from members of the medical community here. I do have some, but um, so far I think that a lot of people are just not wanting to get involved. I think that's how things are a lot of the times in in my profession. (laughs) Yeah, just want to do their work and not have to be outside of that bubble. Have you... um checked in with any sort of medical boards or medical authorities uh, that deal with medical ethics and gotten their opinion on on what you did that day? Not really. Because I uh, I know I had uh, Dr. Stephen Miles was on the show and he wrote a book about the uh, way that doctors are have been involved, uh, medical professionals, in the uh, administration of torture by our government or its surrogates and how that this is a a breach of their medical ethics and that they are the medical uh, authorities who uh, are involved with that kind of thing are are, are looking into this and uh, but I, I think you, I, I would it would seem to me that they would be on your side on this so uh, you know that might be something that you or your lawyers want may want to check in on if, well i I think that it's really sad to me that a uh, great institution 
such as the University of Michigan, which prides itself on turning out some of the best doctors in the world, would allow this prosecution to go forward of a doctor who intervenes on behalf of a person who's being maltreated by authorities. And that's exactly the reason, because I know that right now there is much discussion among ethicists and among physicians in general about doctors' involvement in interrogations, in executions, and in torture. And although what happened that night was not on the order of what happens at Abu Ghraib or at Gitmo, I think that if the University of Michigan can allow a person to be prosecuted who's a physician who did what I did that night, that it's a really bad lesson for those young doctors who are coming out about what they should be doing and the courage that we need to show. Without courage, our ethics mean nothing. And I think that the message that they're giving to the students, if they go along with this, which they are doing, they're totally um, working with the um, the local authorities and the prosecutor to to go forward with this prosecution. The message that they'll be giving to those students is talk about ethics, but don't really do anything if it means putting yourself at risk. Uh, how about the students on, on campus there? have Is there much support for you among the students there? Are there an awareness? I do have some student support, although I think uh, we'll see more of it when the classes reconvene in the fall and people are back um, on campus. Uh, you know, most of them are gone right now, so yeah. this is going on in, a, in the summertime, and, and they all left in, in, in April. <laughs> most of them did. Yeah. How about the local news media? How are they treating your situation? The Detroit Free Press ran a very fair story uh, about the event after coming to the press conference, and I appreciated that. The Ann Arbor News, interestingly, omitted the most important part of the story in their coverage, and that was that I was assaulted after intervening to prevent the forced inhalation of a toxic chemical, which could have been potentially even fatal to the person that was uh, being subjected to that. It's not even in the article. And I, I also the reporter seemed to think that the idea that Iran or that, that uh, the U.S. and or Israel would attack Iran was a little bit kooky. And I think that reflects a lack of willingness to educate himself about this talk. I mean, this is... This, this reporter was thinking that that's, that's paranoia, that we would think that our country or Israel was actually contemplating that? Is that... that? That was certainly the impression that he gave me. Uh, when I saw the article that he wrote, and I sent him a couple of articles about the about what we know about the plans uh, that have been in progress for years to go over, to go after Iran. This is not just something that I dreamed up. I've read it on many completely legitimate sites, and I sent them to him so that he could educate himself because he didn't seem to have any knowledge of it at all. 
And he was kind of sarcastic and flippant in responding to me. And I think that is very troubling because, again, it's when you started off your show and you, and you talked about the role of the media, the media need to be talking about what the U.S. has in store for Iran potentially a lot more. I mean, at least lately there has been some talk about it, but it's still very, it's not a very well-known uh, uh, fact. No, it, I mean, it, and it hasn't been, the, the Iraq war, they, they fell down on the job, the, the mainstream corporate media, and th- there was th- this whole plan in place, uh, uh, the project for a new American century, all of these neocons that are involved in the Bush administration that were part of that project for a new American century, they wrote up their plans, it's right on their website of what they want to do, and they wanted to take over Iraq and go from there, and, and everything has been going according to their plan. I mean, as far as how they step-by-step want to do it, it's not working out as smoothly as they wanted. In fact, it's it's working out disastrously, but that hasn't impeded them. But it's all there, their plans for what they want to do. And, and Iran is is next on their list. And, and, but the mainstream media just ignores these PNAC papers and all of these other things that these neocons have written who are running our government. It's, it's, it's astonishing. And so, yeah, we we have to um, keep putting it out there, and it's it's really sad that we have to be educating the the media. But uh, uh, you know, I I think you would you would think now that those of us who were against the Iraq War for reason A, B, and C, all of those things have turned out to be correct, um, <laughs> that they would start listening to us a little more. But you know, I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, we're just about out of time here, uh, Doctor Wilkerson. I, I do uh, want to say, Rook, one last question. I think I know the answer to this, but I, I just want to hear you say it. Um, has this um, intimidated you into stopping your political activism? Not at all. It, I, I feel that uh, I feel stronger and braver and more committed than I ever have. Great. I'm glad to hear that. So, uh, again, the website, defendwilkerson.org. They can find out more about your case, how they can help out if they want to try to uh, donate to your legal defense fund or whatever, just give you moral support, defendwilkerson.org. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure having you on the show, uh, and you have a great week, and talk to you again sometime, okay? I would love that. Stay in touch. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right, Dr. Katherine Wilkerson, again, that website, defendwilkerson.org. And yes, we need to uh, keep ourselves informed about these types of activities going on around the country. And I, uh, uh, it's my uh, pleasure to help uh, bring all that to you here on Out the Rabbit Hole, where we expose toxic contrived realities and explore enchanted ones. And uh, just about out of time here, a couple of quick reminders. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. And uh, please give me feedback on the show. Always appreciate that. That's rglarson at KUCI.org. You can also hit me up on MySpace. That's myspace.com slash out the rabbit hole next week i will have a person i had on the show about a year and some months ago uh, mark crispin miller he will be back we uh, had him on uh, at that time to talk about his book fooled again and there's a new edition of that fooled again the real case for electoral reform and this has got uh, about a hundred new pages that talks about uh, the fraud that went on in the 2006 election and how the again the corporate media and the the uh 
government, Republicans and Democrats alike, have just fallen down on the job of bringing this information to you. So, yeah, that's next week. Mark Crispin Miller will be talking about his book, Fooled Again. And in just a few minutes, Will Bruzzo will be talking to you on his show, The Aggressive Moderate. So stay tuned for that. Okay, KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, also on the web at KUCI.org. This is Out the Rabbit Hole. Robert Larson saying until next week, going to leave you with something from Steve Earle. Mm-hmm.